Welcome back to Survivor Hot Takes. Uh, I am your host, Coach Drew, a.k.a. Uh, undeserving YouTuber, because this is part five of our A Win is a Win Survivor Series. Um, you know, we've touched on a lot of female winners so far, and I just kind of lumped the three big, maybe you could put Dr. Bob in there, uh, the three big male winners that a lot of people say didn't deserve to win. I am joined by Chris from, also from a reality pop. Chris, what do you do on reality pop? All right. So I talk all things international survivors. So basically Survivor South Africa, Survivor Australia, if New Zealand ever comes back and decides to do another survivor, I'll probably talk about that. So if it's an English speaking survivor uh, or we can get any subtitles on it, I would love to talk about it because survivor to me is the greatest game on earth. And I don't really yes. care what country plays it. It's it's still a great game. And there's so many great seasons out there for, for those who haven't seen it. Um, in South Africa and Australia especially um, and I get to talk about that and currently myself and Riley who's my co-host we are covering Survivor South Africa Immunity Island. And how's that season going so far? I just started the other day I'm only after episode one but how's the season going so far? Uh, the season's amazing. So one of the things for people who are not aware of Survivors of Africa, the franchise um, that makes Survivors of Africa really good is that it is kind of like the it's a throwback to traditional Survivor in the US. It's 39 days, and I say traditional now because I know we are moving to 26 days um, for the next two seasons at least. Um, and it's got two people in there and the host who's been a fan since day one and the creative producer, Lerubuta, as well, has been a fan since day one of the US version of the show. So it's run by a very passionate people who love Survivor. Um, they try and take the best of what Survivor has done, and they're very in touch with the Survivor community. Like They're very available to uh, Q&As on Reddit and things like that. So they, they're constantly engaged with the fans, and I think it's something that the US Survivor potentially could do better in the future, but um, Survivor South Africa is great. The season's great. It's 20 great castaways, um, and South Africa is quite, and I can say this since I'm originally from South Africa, it's a very unique bunch of people over there that are used to fighting for everything in their daily life, for their little patch of green that they've got there. So if you put that type of personality in a game like Survivor, where you have to literally fight for your life, there's always going to be explosive outcomes. Yes, I, and I agree. I've heard nothing but great things about, especially this season of South African Survivor. Uh, that's why I'm actually taking the time to watch for the first time, and what I've seen so far, I've really enjoyed. Before we get into it, I ask everyone that comes on, what is your Survivor hot take? Oh, um, I think we're going to go into one of it. Like, I've, I've got a really big pet peeve out there with the Survivor community and their take on Ben Dreebergen. So I think okay. that we're probably going to go into it right now, because I don't agree okay. with the super fans on Ben. Like, I understand Winners at War wasn't the greatest showing for him. We're not talking about Winners at War. I still think he deserved to be on. Like, let's make, let's make that the, the hot take. I think he deserved his spot on Winners at War. Okay. Uh, so we – I guess we could start with Ben. I was going to go in season order, but we've already, we're already on Ben. Let's start yeah. with Ben. Tonight we're talking about Fabio, Ben, and Chris Underwood. I want to finish with Chris Underwood because I have my opinions. Ben. So let me just get this out of the way now. I had an episode a few months back where I went on this 20-minute tirade about how the show wasn't rigged for Ben to win. Yes. Anyone that says that is a moron. Having said that, yes, I do understand that the optics looked bad. 
with how he was finding these idols and this fire-making challenge and all that. I understand that. Do I think that Ben did not deserve to win the game? No, I don't think he didn't deserve it because he won. He, he, he won. He sat in front of a jury against two other players and convinced them more than the other two players did. He did what he had to do. And in this season, what he had to do was find idol after idol. That doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work for Russell. It works for Ben. Um, so what were your initial thoughts of Ben in the season before he won? Just what were your initial thoughts of Ben? Okay, so for me personally, looking at the whole Ben thing, I, I thought, obviously, I, I think you're probably going to lead into why there were different controversial things and why people believe he wasn't a good winner. And you kind of touched on one of them here, which is him potentially finding a lot of idols that kept him safe within the game. But I think that we're so focused on that one aspect. And firstly, I also believe that, you know, there's no way it was rigged. There's no way they told him where to go and find these idols. And I think Winners at War kind of, exonerated him from that because he even taught Denise how to look for idols and how to find it. And he talked us through his process of elimination and what he looks out for. That's a skill. And people have to accept that that's a skill that only a, a, a certain amount of people have that play Survivor. You mentioned Russell, you know, people like Tony or whoever else, you know, like Rick Devins is a great example who found even more idols than Ben in his season. And probably if Rick Devins won, there would have been the same argument made that idols were given to him. Oh, I don't we'll believe it. I don't believe it. I want to invalidate it. But for me personally, finding idols is a skill. But one of the things I really want to touch on, and I don't know if you were going to touch on this, but I want to bring it up is that we overlook, like for me, when I, when I write a winner, probably like most people, I look at what was their strategic game? Did they run the direction of the game at any point? Did they manage their threat level? What was their social game? And within the social game, I rate the social game higher than probably most other things within Survivor because it's a social game. There's, there's a lot of things that you can look into. And I want to touch on some of the social things that Ben did. Ben formed alliances early in the game. Like he was with um chrissy very early on in the game and he formed alliances when he was swap screwed into a, into a tribe where he was the only person in that tribe and he had to form alliances with lauren and the rest of the guys to get out of that tribe and to make it to merge and then at one point he led his alliance and he the one thing he didn't do so well and that's just another thing that i kind of mentioned in the strategic side is he didn't manage his threat level that great and i think a lot of people crucify him for that but there's a lot of great players who are not good at managing their threat levels. Are we yes. really going to make an example out of Ben? Yeah, and it's unfortunate because I'm also a very strong advocate of the social game. I think it's the most important part of the game. Of that final three, fast-forwarding ahead a little bit, of that final three, I personally believe that Ben had the best... It wasn't It wasn't the best like social game ever. I wouldn't put it, you know top 30 social games or anything. But of that three, I feel like Ben had the best social game because Chrissy antagonized a lot of people early on. And and, and the fact that Ryan was Ryan, uh, I feel like Ben, you know, the fact that all these people were working with him throughout the game, like you said, it is a testament to his game. Now, does he get to the end if he doesn't find all these idols? No, because there's a, a tribal where they all vote for him. Like, it's very clear that he needs these idols to stay in the game. But that shouldn't be a knock on him because it's an aspect of the game. You can't 100%. hold it against a player for utilizing something that's in the game 
as a way to get to the end. And I feel like people outside of the game sit on their high horse and say, oh, well, I could have I could have done it by just, you know, socializing or uh, strategizing or whatever. Like, you say that, but there was someone, Chrissy, who was winning all of these immunities. You know, there was this Ryan, there was Ryan who was strategizing and had some semblance of a social game. And I feel like there still would have been, probably not as big, but some type of backlash on the two of them. Oh, Chrissy, only reason she won is because she won all these immunities. And what'd she really do? Oh, Ryan, because they felt bad. Or People, especially in the recent seasons, find reasons to be upset with these winners mm. if they don't fall into a very strict category of what they think a winner should be. And it's unfortunate. Thankfully, those people's opinions don't matter. But it's unfortunate that we have to sit there and read it all the time. 100%. And I've got a question for you on that. Um, how different do you think, because I've got my own theory on this, is the opinion between the casual fans, who are the majority of people that keep this show alive? Let's be honest. We are super fans. I, I love the super fan community. I love the Reddit community. And I, I participate on it as well. But we sometimes, like you said, we sit on our high oars like we know better. But at the end of the day, it is a show that needs to appeal to the masses out there. And what do you think the the, the general public's view of Ben's win would have been watching the season? Honestly, I feel like I was on Twitter when he won, and obviously you can't decipher who's the super fan and who's the casual fan. I saw a lot of love for him when he won. Now, that could have been the casual fans doing that, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, ben did have a lot of fun moments, especially at tribal councils. Yeah. You know, hashtag Ben Bomb was a thing. You, know, <laughs> you don't get a hashtag if you're not, you know, if production doesn't look at you as someone that could bring in viewers, even if it's yeah. a casual viewer. So I do think, yeah, he, he I, I do feel like production loved him, but I also feel like production loved Chrissy because she had this older lady that also wins immunities storyline going for and ryan was this goofy nerd stereotype that they continue to try to push on us so i don't i don't think that i don't think that the casual fan would ha uh would and does do uh hate ben as much as a lot of you know the people on the reddit pages do um and you know if you go very deep into those those are the ones that are like oh yeah it was rigged because he's a he's a vet it's like, do you understand how many vets have been on this show? Do you understand how many cops? And uh, there's so yeah. many other people on the show. Just production's favorites. People like Sari. People like Ozzy. Uh, people like Joe, where they continue to bring them back. And yes, they're trying to bring them back. So that one, because people love them. But two, maybe they'll get their win finally. So why would you rig it for Ben on his first yeah. time playing when you could have rigged it for Sari or Ozzy or any of these other people? That's why I've never understood this whole rating thing because this is just some guy named Ben. This is just his first time. This isn't Sari playing her fifth time. So Yeah. And I've got I've got another opinion about this because obviously people really had a strong reaction towards Ben and a lot of it was for things that was out of his control. Like firstly Idols, like you said, game mechanic. Like, you know, if you need to find idols, I take my hat off to him for knowing. And let's not forget, he played a really good strategic game 
being in between two different alliances, going undercover and pretending to still be with Chrissy and Ryan at certain times. Like people look away from some of these good strategical moves he made. And then the big important thing is even though while he was playing that middle card, he knew when he needed to let Devin and Lauren go and when he needed to turn against Lauren because they were turning against him. So he had a, a lot of correct reads, but people hate him for all the idol fights. People hate him because of the fire making twists, which we'll get into. Um, and then the other thing, the really big thing, because I heard other podcasts and i think people like johnny fairplay may have spent some time on reddit and had a look at what is people people's opinions or he might have just come to the same conclusion on this he really hated the whole narrative behind ben being a marine and you know it being thrown in everybody's face the whole time and a lot of people got annoyed by it because it was over and over and over again that's not a ben problem that's a production yeah. problem <laughs> don't play the man <laughs> yeah bitch at production don't bitch at him like he was a marine he did give his life or not his life but he, he put his life on the line the for line, the country yes. for the united states like if i was an american i would have felt proud of having a guy like that out there represent and doing the things that he did and he is yes he he did it to show that veterans can play that game and that they didn't have to just go sit and dine a corner like so many veterans when they go back to america we hear the stories they they just don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anybody they can relate to. They feel like they're all on their own. So he was an inspiration. So I don't blame production for, for using that in a certain way to tell a story because they do have a story to tell and they yes. need to make people want him to win. And I think that that's another thing that maybe it related better to the general public. But I really found it strange that people picked on him personally for that and that a podcast, like I love Johnny Fairplay. I think he's great. Like just because I disagree yeah. with him on this one thing doesn't mean I hate him at all. But I yeah. just, I find it strange that he kept nitpicking on that, even at Winners at War when he came back and it wasn't even a part of his story. Yeah, it wasn't. A, yeah, it was It was just you know, when he was in his alliance, it was the cop, the firefighter and the Marine. If that was as far as yeah. the Marine went. Uh, so, yeah, let's touch on Final Four firemaking. Because this is really where the fans, the super fans, come out in droves. Like, see, this is head. proof. Because this is proof. It's not proof. Just because they didn't tell them that this was going to happen doesn't mean that they made this decision at the last second as a chance to keep Ben in the game. Because they could have done anything else that would have made it easier for him to stay in the game. Making fire, he still has to win the challenge. It's not like they made the fire for him. Mm. the fact that he had to go into a fire and actually win. I, and I let's feel not forget, like there's one key thing there. Let's not forget, he didn't have time to prepare to go and make that fire because Chrissy kept that a secret from him. Yes. Devin had an opportunity to go and practice uh, 24 hours beforehand or how many hours beforehand to practice and also go in with that mindset to make the fire and knowing that he's going to have to put himself out there in the arena to win where Absolutely. that's a different mindset. So to go into that tribal council thinking you're going home and then last minute being given this opportunity, yes, adrenaline will take over. But as someone who's competed and I know you're a competitor yourself, you're into sports, you know, for me, like, uh, especially in like, I can only relate back to karate because I did karate at a pretty high level for South Africa uh, back in the day in my, in my heyday. But you know, when you go into the arena, you're mentally prepared to go and fight. You're mentally in that zone. He wasn't in that zone and he had to go from zero to a hundred real quick and, and perform in that moment. And I think a lot of people overlook how difficult that is to do, you know? Yeah. He, he showed up under pressure. Yeah, you 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 try as a as a coach, uh, you you try to put your players in this situation so that when they're actually in the game, they know how to react. But you can't teach people how to react in that type of situation. 
You can only put them in the situation and see if they can do it or not. And Ben was able to do that in in, in that spot. When he needed to win, he did it. And he sits there at Final Tribal, and he pulls in, what, five of the eight jury votes? So it's not like he barely skated by with the win. Five of the, five of the people on that jury thought Ben should win this game, um, and it's just unfortunate. I'm, as I've said with a lot of these winners, <laughs> I'm not the biggest Ben fan. Sure, hmm. I don't think, I, but I don't let my bias get in the way of saying that he did do certain things right in order to win. I wasn't sitting there shocked that he won at the end of the game. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense because of this, that, and the other. And the edit edit kind of alluded to it for me early on. I felt like the edit alluded to a Ben win. Like, I picked up on, like, hey, this guy's getting... Like, I was worried about how he was going to get there after the merge when I saw him become King Arthur and everybody, you know, going for him and wanting his head on a stake. But I kind of saw it coming. And, And I wanted to touch on the jury votes because... He got the votes of Cole, who he had a very rocky relationship with at times. He got the vote with JP, who he did dirty. Like, I mean, he backstabbed. JP was close to Chrissy. So, again, we'll talk about Chrissy because I want to talk about Chrissy before we move on as well because that's the other argument that's made, like, she should have won. Well, JP didn't even vote for her. JP was pretty close with her as well. Joe, who he had a very rough relationship with. And Lauren. He did Lauren. Yeah, Joe was the one that sat there and said, uh, that's what you guys get when you don't vote out Ben. Like, I think there was like a, I don't remember who he idled out at that point, but Joe sat there and said yeah. that. It's like, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, he, he, got, he got the votes from the people. He got some votes from people that if they were bitter, yeah, they probably would not have voted for. But the fact that they were able to look past any bitterness that they might have had, Shows in fact, that, I think it speaks yeah. to his social. Uh, sorry to interrupt your train of thought, oh, no, there, but no. I think it speaks to it speaks to his social capital in the game and his social, like the social dynamics and how people still respected him and understood that he was playing a game. Like, because the thing about Ben that a lot of people don't realize, and we kind of see this in Winners at War as well, is he's actually like people think he's this. For some other reason, people thought he's this cocky macho. He's not. He's actually really humble and within himself. He's and sensitive. he's like, I'm he's not sensitive. worthy. He goes into that final tribal council not even fighting to win. Like the jury tells him, you need to up your game. You've played this amazing game, but you're not selling yourself. So they kind of give him a lifeline that speaks to the fact that they really liked him and wanted to vote for him in the end. How many times do you see someone go into a final tribal council and tank their final speech? And he didn't have the best final tribal council out of the three either because of the fact that he was struggling to talk himself up above and alleviate himself above others. But people respected that. And I think these are the little intricacies that we look past because, you know, I don't know if you want to touch more on that, but Chrissy is the person that is the favorite online that people thought should have won or she had a great game. And and I admit to all of those things. And I want to say, yes, women don't always get treated fairly in Survivor. It's To me, there's something very strange in the fact that in the first 10, 10 seasons, we had five women winners and five men winners. But we talk about how bad things were back then and the social aspect of the the dynamics between men and women, but we're, we're so much more woke. I put that in quotation marks now, but we've got less women winning the show, which is kind of ironic in itself. Right. And with Chrissy, I don't think it was just because of the fact that she was a woman. I think you touched on it earlier. 
her social skills weren't that great. She was condescending to people at times. And when it comes to being at the end game, you're going to want to vote for someone that you want to win the money. You're not going to vote for someone just because they played the best game. Otherwise, Russell may have had two wins. Exactly. That, yes, that, this has been my point for the last four or five weeks now. The social, and you said it at the beginning of this, the social game is what is most important in this. And if you have a shit social game, you're going to have a very hard time convincing a jury to vote for you. Even if you have a decent social game, if you're going against someone that probably has a lot better of one, let's go Parvati Amanda. Like, Amanda doesn't have a shit social game. It's just that <laughs> Parv had this strategic mind. She also had yeah. the, the social bonds with these people. And, you know, you know, in my head, yeah, Sari probably should have won, but I don't think that Sari was robbed in, in that season. Um, any final thoughts on Ben before we move back in time to Fabio? Yes, and I mean, when we're talking about all this social stuff, it kind of segues really well into what Fabio did really well, which we're going to go into. But I just want to say to people that are listening to this, like, you know, lay off the Ben hate. All the things that you are hating about Ben, it's not Ben's fault. The fact that he found a lot of idols, that's a game dynamic. The fact that the fire-making twist came in, that's been there ever since then. And it, yes, personally, if we talk about the fire-making twist in a, in, a, in a solo vacuum opposed to Ben's game, I didn't like the fact that they brought it up in the game without letting people know that it was going to be a thing from the start. I don't like that. I don't like it when Survivor brings a game-altering twist, and it was a game-altering twist. It, I'm not denying the fact that it gave Ben the win because Ben would have been gone in that spot. But it's not a reason to hate on Ben. Ben didn't design that. That's a production thing. The fact that he was a Navy person, uh, or not Navy, Marine, um, that came in and people hated the fact that it was a part of his story. Again, not a Ben problem. And Ben coming back into Winners at War, I could see the weight of all of this hatred because he clearly, he was, I remember listening to a podcast that he went on rap after um, doing a season and he was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and very happy about the game he played and he thought people would really um, gravitate towards that. But you can see when he came back at Winners of War, he was beaten down. Like he went into that game not trying to win it. He went into that game to prove that he had a social game, which I don't think he needed to prove because we could clearly see even in this season he had a social game and he didn't play it to win it. And because of, I think, the fan reception, he was aware that there was a lot of people who weren't fans of him. And it's a shame. Now he's turned off from the game in the sense that he would never want to come back. I personally am not in the camp of people that would say I would never want to see Ben again. I would love Ben to come back, but I wouldn't want Ben to come back if he's coming back to play to the crowd or prove something to the people. I would want him to come back like he was in this season where he never exactly. gave up. Waking up in the middle of the night, finding idols, being the early bird that catches the worm. That type of scramble yeah. I appreciate in players. Like I like scrappy players. And Ben I want HHH player. Ben. I don't want winners at war, Ben. I appreciate winners at war, Ben, because I understand how it feels, you know, to have people say, oh, this, that, and the other, and you have to feel like you have to um, prove yourself. I understand that, and I did respect, I actually prefer Ben personally and winners at war, but I want, for TV as the viewer, I want HHH Ben back. Yeah. Because the one who, he was the great guy TV. Yes. Yeah. He was great television. Um, so from there, we're going to move to Fabio, a person that was not on Winners at War. I don't think that most people were clamoring for him to be on that season. It would have been funny and 
fun to have him on that season. Um, so Fabio, the thing with Fabio that people like to uh, jump on is the fact that he rarely voted the correct way. He was left out of a lot of votes. He didn't do anything. Um, and the only reason he got to the end is because he went on an immunity streak. Once again, he utilized what, you know, what he was good at, which was winning challenges. It wasn't like Fabio was a hateable person, especially on that season. Like Fabio, yeah, his, his so like his social game wasn't the best or anything, but he was definitely more likable than a large majority of that merge uh, cast. Um, he didn't have to be the most strategic person because he was able to utilize the aspect of the game that would ultimately win him the game. So. What were your initial thoughts on Fabio in the season? And were you surprised when he pulled out the win in the end? Okay, so many thoughts about Fabio. So, you know, when you first asked me if I wanted to do one of these podcasts, I said to you, hey, I'll jump on and talk about Fabio because Fabio is my co-host, Riley's favorite US winner. I don't think he's seeing Fabio as the best ever winner. But he's it's his favorite winner, and I can understand why because he's definitely when it comes to likability as Fabio and just the game that he played, he's very high up. And I, I don't like rating winners and having like a top five or ten. I just don't believe in it. I feel like even if you're Chris Underwood, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about next, you should be happy. You got the win. You know what I mean? Like, who cares what the fans really think about you? I understand it's hard because people want to be liked, but Fabio for me was a great social player like i mean he did so many things like it's interesting because we can go into this and really dissect nicaragua as a season because it's quite a a one-off type of season the whole season was full of recruits these were people who never watched the game really prior to it i think there was maybe like two or three fans that have actually watched the show prior to going on sash being one of them and it didn't work out so well for sash knowing the game (laughs) you know he he got killed (laughs) but the one thing that fabio really understood was who fabio was as a person He was extremely self-aware. He knew how other people perceived him. He knew how people around him were moving and what the social dynamics were. And he fitted into the puzzle the way that other people wanted him to fit into the puzzle, which is very important because, you know, someone like Sash who understood all of the seasons and understood that, you know, to betray someone is needed in the game. It should get rewarded at the end. We thought it would get rewarded. I don't know why he didn't look at Russell's seasons and thought, Maybe there's a little bit more of a technique to it, but I can't blame him because I was one of those people at that time, you know, when that season came out, that was really upset about the fact that Russell didn't get at least one win in those two seasons. I didn't understand why Russell didn't get a win until a lot longer. And and this is me having watched 20 seasons because I watched it from the first season up until that point and I was upset. Um, so maybe Sash was in that same camp when he went into it. But Fabio understood that the personal dynamics and how people perceived him and, and was going to be the most important thing. He played the fool, which was great TV. You know, <laughs> he, he like, I mean, from episode one where he injures himself the whole time. Where he gets the like, name Fabio. He's just Judd <laughs> until he's Fabio, and then he's Fabio yeah. the rest of the way. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah, so I was going to say, so so he he basically, um, you know, got injured. People are like, okay, this guy's Fabio. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a goofball. He he read that and he started playing into those perceptions. And one of the things I always say, even when we did our cast assessment for Survivors of Africa Immunity Island, 
I prior to that, I flagged the people that were saying that I don't want to be perceived as the mom. I don't want to be perceived as this. Like, if you put ultimates outside for yourself in a game like Survivor, you're going to set yourself up for failure. And Fabio constantly told us about his strategy throughout the game. So, you know, there's one thing to be said about Danny Boatwright going to the end of the season and telling us that she was playing production, but we never really got to see that. Fabio is telling us that this is his strategy going into the end of the game. And it got him to the end of the game. And one of the key things for me about Fabio's strategy that's really interesting, and you might um, have something to say on that, is that we've never seen it replicated. You see no. the the dumb blonde girl potentially, or the potentially that like Natalie was perceived as being maybe not so aware. But as a guy, you don't very often see a guy act like this dumb buffoon type of guy that gets to the end. And I've seen it replicated once in an international season. And it didn't work out so well for this person. So it gives Fabio's win even more credit, um, credibility that he was able to go to the end and still pull it off. And I know there's a lot of other things that we can talk about, but I think the way that he was socially with that crew, how he didn't, his emotions didn't get the best of him. He had like some confrontational things between him yeah, and I mean, Naoka. Naoka hated him. Yeah, Naoka hated she him. She stole for his some socks. Reason. She stole his <laughs> for socks. Some Fabio, I don't like you. Like, and she still votes for him at the end of the game. <laughs> He still votes for Fabio. So there, there, it's it's hilarious because Fabio was never in the, the big alliance. Uh, people no. constantly talk trash about him. He was constantly left, uh, consistently left out of all of these votes. votes. And yes, he did go on an immunity streak. But it never seemed, besides Nayanka, it never seemed like people didn't like the guys. They didn't want to play with them or they didn't want to strategize with them. And sucks to suck. But this guy is sitting at the end, sitting with Sash, who is the strategic mastermind of the season, you know, whatever, and Chase, who's played a very good social game, but he's also burned a lot of people because he's he's Chase Rice's future country star. So yes. you have these two people, and you have Fabio, who, yes, he's not voted correctly and all that, but... I can't really say anything bad about Fabio. He's a, he's a nice guy. Let's, yeah. But, but and I think Fabio that's is like loved. Yeah. But Fabio, even if you go online, even if you go online, um, I just want to add this in here before you can continue. It's like, even if you go online and read it, like, I don't feel like Fabio's got that level of hate that like a Ben has, for instance. Like, it's really 50 50. And I feel like in recent times, it's actually gone more towards. 70 30 of people saying no we loved fabio and there's a lot of i feel like a lot of the newer school fans that have started watching the show at a later stage that really finds his win refreshing because it's not the cookie cutter copy and paste of so many other winners like he's got a unique game and i, I really personally want to see what like i was i was one of those few people that were disappointed that fabio didn't come back for oh, winners at all because i would have loved to have seen what he would have done in a game such as that you know and if you look at even this season, he played with other players that were strategically capable, but it didn't really go anywhere. Like he, he aligned with Marty at one point. He aligned with Benry at one point. And you can also say that being there with Marty and Benry, who both, by the way, at the end voted for him to win, um, aligning with those guys, he actually formed one of those earlier Mitchells. I don't know if he was thinking about the game in that sense, but because they were always seen as the more strategic player than himself, they were, they were cut before he was cut. There was always someone else to deal with before they needed to look at Fabio, which gave him just enough leeway to get into a position where he needed to win outright towards the end to get to the final. And again, like we said earlier, the fact that he won individual immunity um, challenges, that's not a bad thing. That's a game dynamic. You know, that's, there's yes. other winners that have done it as well. And it's impressive because he won four of them, which is one short of the record. And 
And it's not like, so a, a lot of people will hop on immunity idols and say, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I hate that they introduce immunity idols, this, that, and the other. Well, physical challenges have been there since the very beginning of the show. So you can't knock someone, like, even if you, want to, if you want to knock all these advantages or whatever, Fabio did a very basic survivor thing of just winning. He just won challenges. That's all he yeah. did. And it's all he needed to do. And I like I wanted to put Mike Holloway in this, but I feel like Mike doesn't get as much hate as these three. But Mike is another one where they're like, oh, if he hadn't won yeah. so many immunities, he probably would have lost. It's like, so what? So what? <laughs> so what does a person have to do on the show? Yeah. What does a person have to do on the show for you people to love them? Like, not everyone can be Tony in season forty, where he was probably the one or two, uh, one or two best social player in the season, uh, was the best physical person in the season, immunity wise, and one or two, one of the best strategic people in the season. You're never going to have a season where one person is the best at all three. Like, it's not going to happen. So the fact that people are like, well, that's just not something that I put a lot of respect in, the fact that he won challenges. It's like, well, why not? What? <laughs> it's a it, see, for me, for, for me, like, c- kind of off, off topic, but still on topic, the more important thing that what I look at at the end of a season is I would I would look at a season and say, okay, out of these 20 people that played the game, if they were to play it a hundred times, who would win it the most? And I would give respect to that player. And I'll say that maybe is the best player that season. They didn't win it in this season. And I'm not necessarily saying they played with the same group of people, because that's another thing that we need to understand is that from one season to the other season, what people see as important at the end of the game is very different. It's your duty as a player to understand and socialize enough with people to understand that, okay, coach Coach Drew really values um, a certain aspect of the game. He really values trust and honesty. And if I burn Coach Drew, I'm not going to get his vote at the end. Or maybe Coach Drew is someone that I can realize. He's a schemer like me. He likes plotting. He respects big moves. He's a fan. If I backstab him, I might be able to appeal to that at the end of the game and say, Coach Drew, I'm sorry I had to do it to you, mate. Like you and me spoke so many times on the island. It's a game. You know, I did it purely because I tried to get to the end. And if I didn't do it, you probably would have done it to me and I wouldn't have gotten there. And maybe Coach Drew will respect that. You know what I mean? Like you got to look at it at that individual level. And I feel like even now still people are like, no, there's a template to how you play it. And if you play it this way, it's always going to turn. Like Fabio might go out and play another season and he could be running the votes. Like who knows? Like it's just he didn't have the social capital this season to do it. But it's not to say he couldn't do it in the future. And in fact, I would argue to see a 30-year-old Fabio, someone who's a father now, someone who's, you know, settled down. Like, I would love to see this because he was the youngest kid to ever win it. And and I think we need to give credit to that. It's like you get people that voted for him, like Dan, who's 63, who voted for a 21-year-old to win a million dollars. Like, it's hard to win when you're that young playing with an older cast. Exactly. And and it won... One straight vote. Let me double check. Yeah, it's five. He wants five four. One straight vote, and we have Chase Rice winning the season. And I don't think yeah. that people would have been annoyed with Chase Rice winning the season because he did have that social game, uh, you know, to has a, a advantage. I think that the Fabio and like you said, I feel like the, the Fabio hate is slowly starting to go away. Oh, I but I feel yeah, like a yeah. lot of the Fabio. Ha- I feel like a lot of the Fabio hate at the beginning was we're coming off of Heroes versus Villains, Samoa, and Token Chains, and all these great seasons where, you know, the winners or the final three are all people that it's like, 
wow, like this is something that they did, or this is something, you know, with Fabio, it's like, oh man, like he won challenges. That's old school or, you know, and that it didn't bother me when, when he, you know, when Jeffrey's that last book, it's like, oh yeah, I was rooting for Chase in that final three. Yeah. Um, Chase annoyed the shit out of me, but Chase, I was still rooting for Chase at the end of that. Um, I felt bad for him, by the way, in that final, like I felt so uncomfortable in that final tribal council, the way they just went in at him and lambasted him. But Chase made the mistake of bringing personal things outside of the game into the game, which there's a fine line with how you cut people. Like I remember... It's been a while since I've watched the season, but I'm pretty sure it was like Jan was the older lady that season. Um, uh, well, yeah, no, Jane. Yeah, Jane, no, was the Jane, Jane. Sass told Jane, like, you're, you're like my, my mother. Or something. Like, that was, I, I, maybe yeah. Chase said that too, but I know Sash definitely said that to her. Which... Jane, did, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was something to do with like the, she thought he was going to pay her mortgage or something was insinuated. And there was just like really strange things happening. And from what I heard on the after season interviews is that jane really poisoned that jury against them like she went out to make sure no one voted for chase and chase already cut people like brenda who by the way brenda was my crush that season yeah. she's still probably one of my crushes out there and she was the person not just i i wasn't just poverty by her i still thought she was the best player probably that season but just got that taken season, out yeah. very early on and um I, like scramble. i know she comes back yeah and she came she came back and she didn't have as good of a run but i mean I just felt like she was one of those people that never fully realized their potential. And if, I think that if Brenda was to play the game like a hundred times, there's a couple of wins in there for her because she's that kind of player. And especially even where the game is now, I think she would do even better because she was similar to Sash. If Sash was to come back now and if he learned that little bit that he did wrong, he probably could do a lot better in newer seasons where it is super strategical, super about like people seem to understand that if you get cut, it's it's a game a lot more now. They 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 specifically bring people into the show that are fans of the show that understand that, which this season wasn't the case. So I think he might do better in seasons now compared to what he did back then. I agree. I agree. And so uh, I guess to wrap up Fabio before we go into the, the Chris thing, because you touched on something that I wanted to say for Chris. So I'm glad that you did. Yes. Um Yes, once again, Fabio, not one of my all-time favorite winners, whatever that means. But I can sit here and say I can pinpoint, and Chris can pinpoint, things that he did right in the season to sit at the end against two probably better players and blow out one and barely beat the other. And I think that is a testament to, like you said, he – he embraced the character that people had put on him. Like, this is the goofball. Okay, well, I'll just play the goofball then, and let's see how far that gets me. Yes, I'm not voting correctly every single time, or most of the time. But I'm doing something right, because I'm still here, and Marty's gone, and Brenda's gone, and Benry's gone, and you know, all these people are gone, and I'm still sitting here. Let me go into this final tribal and do what I have to do to win. And let me get votes from people that have told me straight up they don't like me. Nayanka. And the fact that he was able to do that just knocks home the point that there is not one way or 10 ways or 20 ways to win this game. And like you said, this game has not been replicated, and I don't think that it'll ever yep. will, that it will be replicated, and then it'll happen in 41. I'll look like a moron. But <laughs> so far, it has not happened again. And that is a testament to Fabio, the player, and probably Fabio slash Judd, the person. Moving yep. in. 
to I want to just touch uh, off yeah, one, yeah. With, with one last thing before we move away from yeah. Fabio, which we didn't touch. Another thing that I see people really mark him down on is the fact that Nyanka and, and Purple Kelly quit and they both voted for him. And if they weren't allowed to have a vote, that Chase would have won the season. I hear you. I'm probably in that camp that agrees with you about that. I don't think that if you've quit the game, you should be allowed to vote. I understand there were reasons for why they quit and their production. Um, I mean, there's this whole thing about it not being even between females and guys and they're out there in their bikinis and they're freezing. And yes, a lot of other women have dealt with this in the past. It still doesn't make it right. Um, I do think that, you know, do we as fans really care if they get some warmer clothes to sleep in at night. Like they're still not going to have blankets, yeah. but give them something to sleep in so they don't have to sleep in their bikini and don't have to feel like they want to quit the next day, for instance, you know? So again, production fault for both of those things. For the quit, I blame production to a certain degree, um, even though they probably didn't know any better back then. Um, but, you know, production allowed them to vote. So again, it's not a Fabio issue. It's again, not don't yeah. be pissed off at Fabio, be pissed off at production for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to add as well, before we move on is that, I think that if Fabio didn't win that season and if he got fourth or fifth place, we would have seen Fabio back two or three times on our screen. I think he's one of the yes. forgotten characters of Survivor that maybe Survivor felt like there's nothing else really we can do with this character now. They've already won. We don't see him anything better happening with his character in the show moving forward. But I think that to some degrees, we as spectators of the show, viewers of the show, we've we've missed out on seeing more Fabio because of the fact that he won it in his first game. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I've never thought about that, but I do agree with it, that he is a forgotten character in the show's history because he was a character that actually won the game. Um, yeah. A person I could compare that to is, like, Tony, even though Tony has come back. But Tony was a character that eventually, that, that won the game his first time. They brought him back the second time. He fully embraced the character at that point and got voted out early. And then, you know, he... Lowered it in the third time and won again. Um, so, moving on to everyone's favorite winner uh, in Survivor history, um, Chris Underwood from Edge of Extinction. Now, Chris mentioned earlier that when you play Survivor, you are playing to the jury and the people that you played with in that specific season doesn't matter what other juries have done in the past. It doesn't matter what the audience says. You're playing to what the people in your season think is the best player or the winning game in your season. And Chris Underwood, more than anyone else, knocks this point home because Chris plays less than half the days that everyone or the other two players at the end played. You know, he was on the edge most of the time, and he had to do drastic shit in his last couple days in order to pull out the win. I understand that people think that if you're voted out of the game, you shouldn't be brought back and you definitely don't deserve to win. But there are examples in the past in the show's history where people would not have complained if Ozzy won South Pacific, and he was voted out more than once in that season. People would not have complained if Tina had won Blood versus Water. People wouldn't have complained if Laura Moret won Blood vs. Water. People wouldn't have complained that Rick, Rick Devins had run Edge of Extinction. I say that now. Apparently, there's like a new hate of Rick Devins. I don't understand that, but whatever. Yeah. So there are examples in the show's past where people have been on seasons where they have been voted out and come back, and the fans 
would not have been annoyed that this person won. I don't know what it is specifically about Chris Underwood that makes them hate him more than any of these, you know, others, maybe the fact that he actually won. But what were your opinions? You find out Chris wins the game. Well, I won't even ask you about Chris end game right now. You find out Chris wins the game. How are you feeling at that point? Okay, so first, you know, I was going to ask you if you've ever been a salesperson in your life because you kind of did a sales tactic on me, you know, not that I don't remember what Chris Underwood called it, like the reverse double or whatever he called the strategy towards the end when he was talking to Lauren. But, you know, I like how you got me in with like, let's talk about Ben, let's talk about uh, Fabio. And then you just slip Chris Underwood in there as a third person in there to upsell me on getting this because I'm sure you struggle to get people to talk about Chris Underwood's win. <laughs> Chris Underwood, <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> that also, so, that's very true. That. You can't find anyone to talk good about Chris Underwood. And <laughs> you said you don't do rankings. I do do rankings. Chris Underwood is the number 40 on my list. Yeah. that's So this is where I am coming from. I, like, I'm not a fan of Chris Underwood. I think that he is the worst winner, whatever that means. But... What we're about to talk about, I do think there is some merit to his game that ultimately had him win nine nine to four. Nine to four. That's crazy. And we're gonna talk about that. Listen, the thing is, one of the things about me is, you know, I've got to protect his, you know, we've got a similar name, both Chris, you know, so I've got to like go out to bat for my fellow Chris out there. Um, I was very happy with the Chris Daughtry win, by the way, you know, even though yes. I don't do rankings, like I do in my mind have like people who I think would have been like somewhere in my top 10 or like somewhere in my top five. I really am less interested about like the bottom winners. I'm normally more like these would be my top five. These would be my top 10. I don't really get into the nitty gritty of this person is the worst winner of all time, which Chris would probably be for a lot of people. Um, you ask me, what did I think about Chris's win? I'm going to be honest. When Chris won, on the show i wasn't very happy i wanted gavin to win that season like just I be honest too. um i, I am too. not an edge of extinction fan and I, i'm not a fan of any you mentioned that a lot of people wouldn't have cared if ozzy won or if someone else to be honest with you i would have probably that's just me personally i would have probably been the same all around i just don't like it when someone gets voted out and they win the game but i do think there is merit to what chris did because the whole theme of what we've done here today is we've said that don't hate the player hate the game, hate the production, hate what they've done to the show. And again, I think that you can like Chris Underwood's win and be objective about it separate to looking at what the production team did with the twist that season. And one thing that I will bring up is that, you know, there's only been two winners or two, not two winners, two potential winners that we can rate on the criteria of Edge of Extinction. And that's Chris Underwood and Natalie. And Natalie Anderson, she's a really capable player, very capable. She's won the show before, she's won the game, but she yeah. couldn't replicate what Chris Underwood did a season before her. And that's after having seen how Chris Underwood played, after being given the given the DVDs by winners of war for the winners of war season to go and look at that. That's why you know Tony Vlakos, you know he's not someone who watches all of these seasons. He knew Chris Underwood was because someone gave him the DVDs and he watched it, and he knew how Chris Underwood won. Natalie had that same access, but yet she couldn't replicate the game that Chris Underwood played in the season. So I think that we do need to give credit to Chris Underwood for doing everything possible. Like, I mean, he had about five or six things he had to do to win the season, which he did. Like, he did not which miss did. one of them. So I do give a lot of credit to that. And I do think that 
Chris Underwood was a very capable player, even early in the game. Like his move to try and get out Kelly Wentworth early in the game was the correct move for him. Like I think that Kelly Wentworth is dangerous. You know, having David Wright there is dangerous. Returning players, and that's another thing I don't like. I don't like half returning players, some returning players, like give me all-stars type themes with everybody coming back or don't give me the half and half because I just feel like it's unfair. We see these players with that much more experience because coming they in. they always They've get got to, to the end. When you... Except exactly. for this season, they always get to the end. Exactly. So so I felt like he, he did the right thing there. I think he got caught out and he, he definitely didn't read Wardog correctly. And I mean, I don't blame him because Wardog is one of those people <laughs> I think he's a bit crazy. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wardog, I'm so thankful Wardog didn't win so we could have him back eventually. <laughs> like yeah, like, really listen, I love the crazy players. Like, I, I mean, my, my favorite player of all time is Tony Vlachos, and that was before he won Winners at War. I mean, you can imagine I was at an all-time high when he won that season, but I love the, the crazy, frantic... Like, I mean, there's obviously a lot of method to Tony's madness, which we won't go into this podcast. But, you know, I like that type of player. So I like Wardark. I like the Joe Menas. I like these kind of players because they make it, you know, they bring a little bit of excitement to the screen. But Chris, Chris Underwood didn't read that correctly. And he got exited in the game very early on. I think he was the third person out yeah, in this season. Yeah, I think he was third. Very early on. But he, and, and, and this is the other thing that, I mean, if you wanted to make an argument for Natalie to say that it wasn't fully the same game, because what did Chris Underwood do right on Edge of, Edge of Extinction compared to what Natalie did? Chris Underwood treated everybody with respect. He, like, not that I'm saying that Natalie was completely disrespectful, but she maybe came across in that way towards the end with certain people were put off by the fact that she went off to go do her own thing. I guess the biggest difference here is Chris Underwood would go catch fish. He would share it with everyone on the island. He would invest and get to know people him and rick devins became close friends on there even though rick devins betrayed him so he didn't have any hard feelings towards people he didn't take the game personal he didn't get emotional but i think that the big difference between their games and it's worth exploring very briefly is that there was no tokens to be you know sort of fought yeah. for out on the edge of extinction where natalie because that was there it kind of created that bit of a divide which i think was a great mechanic by production to try and make sure that they don't just become this one big cult living out there on the edge of extinction but i still think that there was a lot that natalie could have done to gain the trust or you know make people want to vote for her because she suffered through the same things that they suffered on the edge and that's kind of where chris underwood bonded with people on the edge that they were all suffering together out there and they were all in sort of limbo outside of the game yeah and, and so <laughs> you basically made every point that i i plan on making which thankfully <laughs> th thank you because i i've getting really Heated in this. I didn't expect to get heated in this. Um, because I'm not a Chris Underwood fan, but he did what he had to do within the realms of the, the rules of this season's game, which is appeal to all these people have been, that have been voted out. Be friends with these people because, in the off chance that you get back into the game the second time, because the first time he didn't, if you can somehow find a way to get back in the game, and you've seen, as a person that's been sitting on the jury for most of the game, you've seen how Rick, ever since he's gotten back, has become this big threat that everyone wants to target. You're seeing all of this. You're playing the social game here at Edge, and you're it's almost like watching game film as a coach, where you're sitting there watching Rick interact with these people. It's like, if I get back in, he is my target, but I also have to get him on my side at some point because I 
he's the one that's in control of this game. So what does Chris do? Chris gets back into the game. He does what he has to do with the with the Lauren vote. Um, I don't remember who comes after Lauren, but all we know is when we get to that final four and, and Chris has the necklace and he understands that I've been sitting with these people for a month and they're talking and I'm seeing these people. I know that if I want to win this game, I have to get rid of this guy. And I can't do that in the situation that I'm in right now where I'm immune. The only way I can do that is to show everyone the way that Rick keeps grandstanding at, at tribal council and like giving all these speeches. I need to do that my way, which is I'm going to challenge this guy and fire. Everyone's going to watch me do it. I'm going to beat him and show, yeah, I just took out the your winner. Give it to me. And I think that, yes, he only played however many days in the game. It does not matter because what he did in the season with the season's rules deserved the, deserved the win. And I can say that as a person that was rooting for Gavin and Victoria and probably Lauren yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> but he did what he had to do. And at the end of the day, that's all it is with this show is you do what you have to do to win the game. And if it doesn't work out for him, sucks to suck. But if it does, you know, it, you should be able to get some type of praise from him. You shouldn't immediately get the backlash of, oh, you were voted out first. I don't like Edge of Extinction. I think it's a shit twist. But if that's going to be the rule of that season, I'll just have to deal with it. Oh, okay, the winner comes from Edge of Extinction. Whatever. I did that. Cool. Like, bottom of my list, my personal list, it does not matter, but I understand why I feel like you need a separate yeah. list. I feel like we <laughs> as fans need to create a separate list. Edge of Extinction Seasons, he's number one uh, on that season. He's the only one on that season at the moment. I do think that Edge of Extinction returns. Like, I do think the next returning season we get, I'd be shocked if it's not there. And um, the only thing I, I hope that jeff sort of listens to or takes into consideration is let's not bring it back at the final six let's bring it back at the merge kill it the after merge. that like i can live with that i would have been okay with a rick devon's win i actually um <clears throat> there was a couple of players i really liked i like victoria i like lauren i like rick there's a couple of players that Wardark was fun um but rick was kind of the person i was like shouting for the most probably i was like yeah yeah because he's giving it to them he's playing this and again if he got to the end of one it like he would have been just as controversial, probably, you know, for many reasons, maybe a little bit less because he didn't come back at the final six. I was okay with the fact that he still had to work to get there when he came back at the merge. Yes. I could live with winners like that. I just, I struggle when you bring somebody back from the edge with an idol in their pocket, which again, not angry at Chris here. Chris played it perfectly. He had an idol in his pocket coming back from, from that. He's like, how do I not play this idol? I know that Kelly told me that Lauren's got an idol. Great, I'm going to get her to use that on me so we can get the, which probably was the threat, and Victoria voted out. We'll blindside her. He ends up not having to use his idol. He's got another option to use it in the next one, say for two weeks in a row, and then wins the final immunity and really has balls of steel to give that up. Like how many people would sit there knowing they've got safety? Natalie was one of them. And I rate Natalie for her win in Sanjol Sur. I think that she's a great player. 
um, one of my favorite female players out there, um, up there with, funny enough, Sarah Lucina, which I, for some other reason, there's a lot of controversy around her as well, which I don't understand, yeah. um, and why people don't like her. It's like, do they people like anyone these weeks. days? Yeah, yeah, they don't like any of them. If your name's not Tony, which I'm sure there's Tony haters out there too. So if your name's not Tony, then you're a shit winner and don't deserve to be on the show ever. Yeah, like let's let's be that's crazy. Anyway, so so I mean, she didn't have the guts to do that, and he had the guts to do it. He went up against Rick, took him out. Um, Rick, I feel like didn't see it coming either. Like I feel like Rick thought there's a possibility, but surely this guy's not going to give up his safety. And if he didn't do all of those things correctly, he would have lost that season. So hats off to him. I've got respect for him. I do think that. You know, Chris Underwood, someone that I'd like to see again in the future. I think he's a capable player, and I would love for him to come back and prove that he doesn't need the edge of extinction. But if I was Chris Underwood and they asked me to come back, I'd probably put it in my clause that I'd want the edge to be there, you know, because he's an yeah. undefeated edge of extinction <laughs> winner. So why well, come back I and play like, a normal season? <laughs> I feel like people would target him because of that. Like, even if it's not an edge season, he just comes back for an all-star season or, or whatever. I feel like people are going to want to get him out first. Just to be like, oh, see, see, he wouldn't have won if there wasn't an edge because we just voted him out first. It's like, well, no, that, that doesn't really mean much. You just you voted yeah, him out the, first. The counter, get, argument, yeah. the counter argument is you take him deeper into the game so he's got less time to build those bonds. Like if you take him to the edge in episode one and he gets the opportunity to build the bonds and then come back. Because challenge-wise, he must have been pretty good as well because he beat like some good competitors and like Joe, Joey out there and all those kind of guys. Um, and Kelly. So, you know, I think that you probably want to take him deeper into the game so he's got less time to build bonds, like take him to like final six or seven or eight or something like that. So he's only got a couple of days to build those bonds if he's inevitably going to come back at final six, yeah. you know what I mean? So there's two counter... I mean, that's a strategy I would use if I was him. I'd just be like, you want to take me deep because if you, if you... I don't care. You guys can send me num day number one. I'm coming back. I'm winning the game at the end. I'm not even going to try to come back at the merge. I'll come back at final six continue yeah. to build bonds on that side. I would just use it as a threat out there to see if it works, you know? Do the double bluff. Yeah. Keep doing the sales tactics. <laughs> and do I want to see Chris play again? Probably. I don't know. It, 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 he's on the list. I have a very long list. He's not at the highest, but I, I wouldn't yeah. hate it. Like, I wouldn't, I hate, wouldn't it, like. hate seeing Chris play again. I think from that season, the people that I want to see play the most are probably Victoria and Rick Devins. Um but final thoughts on Chris before we wrap up this entire five-week thing. I really, I mean, to be honest, I felt like we really said a lot about a game that was only played in, what, nine days or something like that. So I really yeah. feel like we've said it all when it comes to Chris. And I, I think just to sort of touch on all three of these winners, you know, like Ben, Fabio, and Chris out there, I understand that it's fun to make lists. And I understand that, you know, we make lists and we say winners are number one or number 40 or whatever we have, like 39 winners, I guess, or 38 winners now with two double winners. So, you know, this is number the 38. That's fine. But let's keep it, let's keep, you know, making it objective. Let's not play the man, play the game, be upset with production for things that production has done. Don't take it out. Like, and I think out of the three of them, I really feel like for me, I was the most passionate and the most fired up coming into this one to talk about Ben. And I really feel like Ben has received a lot of undeserved hatred from the community. And I just feel like we need to be a bit more positive because he's someone that's completely disenfranchised with the show now because of it. And it's sad to see, you know, and someone like, uh, uh, Chris Underwood was a big fan of the show before he played it. He actually applied for many seasons before he got onto the season. And I feel like 
he he's taken it pretty well, but I do feel like you get to a point where it, it does wear on you probably and it does beat you down. So I feel like it's fair to rate, but just keep it you know subjective yeah. and make sure that it's about Absolutely. the game that they played or it's it's not them personal. Like I feel like some of the stuff around Ben especially was personal. It's just not it's not on guys. Yeah. When you cross that line, why? What what is the how sad is your daily life that you need to take something out on a a person who's played a reality show to feel better about yourself. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And that has been my entire, as we start to summarize this, that has been my entire yeah. point with this series. Um, every person I've had on, I, I, every person I've had on, I, I know has some type of respect for the game and the players. And, you know, I want to talk to people like that. I don't want to talk to the people on the cesspool known as Survivor Reddit, uh, like the people that are in, in, in there deep, because I know that there's no convincing them to at least give merit to people like Ben or people like Natalie White or you know people like Danny Boatwright. I want to do. I wanted to do this to talk to people that have watched the show and can kind of sit back and say, "Hey, this isn't my favorite winner. I wanted this person to win, but you know what? They did this, that, the other right." I don't, you know, I don't hate the person, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not going to go on there. I'm not going to go online and badmouth this person because she stole this person's win or he stole this person's win. That's what my entire point of this was, was, you know, to, to, to show that first of all, anyone can win this game, this game that everyone, that we all love. But secondly, that these are still real people. And when we, we meaning them go online and feel like they have to attack these people and say they didn't deserve the win because they beat your favorite person. It, it's, I know this is uh, a very, um, it's an understatement, but it's very shitty. It, it, it's yeah. very shitty uh, for people to do. And I understand I am just some random J Brone on YouTube talking about this. <laughs> I, you know, I, I understand that. I understand that the, you know, I am also in the same category, even though I'm being positive, I'm still in the same category as these people. I'm just saying, sitting on my high horse, that unless these people were overly malicious to you or the people that they played with, what's this hate in your heart that you have for these people? Where's this hate come from? It shouldn't be there. It should not be no. there. Um, so, Chris, uh, as we head out, when's the next time that we could watch a South Africa review? And if you don't mind saying where people could potentially find South Africa links. Yeah, so if you want more information on Survivor South Africa or Australian Survivor, join our Discord group, uh, Survivor Worldwide Reality Pop, and we can point you in the right direction if you do want to watch some of the episodes coming out. So um, I'll make sure to add that into the description after this video is finished. Uh, so just have a look out for that. We will have our fifth and six, I don't know if I should be saying that already because I don't even think it's aired, um, but there will be a double eviction, this uh, Survivor South oh. Africa uh, Immunity Island. So um, we'll have that come out 
towards the end of this week on Sunday. And we'll also have um, the next Survivor episode recap, which is episode five for Survivor South Africa. Uh, that will be on Saturday um, that that will be live. And we're going to have one of the Survivor South Africa season seven alumni, Paul Smolders, with us as a guest. We've been lucky enough to get a lot of previous Survivor players to come on as guests so far this season for the recaps. Um, and very lucky and fortunate enough that um, Survivor South Africa has allowed for us to do exit interviews with the players as they um, are voted out of the game as well. It's a great season. Australian Survivors starting pretty soon as well. So if you're someone that just loves the show, and I know probably a lot of you are on Reddit, and I don't think everybody on Reddit is bad. Just you know, there's, I've actually had very <laughs> positive, great interactions with people um, on there so far. But there's definitely an element of people that get too personal, and I agree with Coach Drew on that. Um, I think that you know, I kind of lost my train of thought there. There's some great seasons at the moment, and I know people that are on that Reddit polls and the super fans out there, the people that love the game they probably could watch two or three of these seasons. We haven't had it for a long time, and now we've got three that are all going to be playing sort of around the same time. Chris, I, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, I know that we just talked about doing this like a week ago, and so I'm glad we were able to uh, have our schedules fit at the same time. Uh, I want to, you know, I want to thank everyone that has come on over the last five weeks to help me with this. Uh, Phil, Travis, Cindy, Carly and Chris. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to slowly, not even slowly, we're going to transition to Big Brother. Uh, the season is premiering very soon. Uh, so we'll be doing, I guess, summar <laughs> summaries of every episode while they're out. Uh, but I really do appreciate everyone taking the time to, to watch this. I hope I have swayed certain people uh, maybe just you change your mind on Natalie or you change your mind on, on Chris. Um, but I appreciate it. And uh, until next time, we'll see you all on the other side.